When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. As you turn back a couple of chapters to 1 Corinthians 3, and we'll look in uh, verse uh, 2 there. Pages are not wanting to cooperate in my Bible here. All right, it says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. I'm uh, looking for a title this uh, afternoon. Thank you all again for uh, coming. I know your uh, bellies are full, and uh, well, it doesn't look that warm out, so I mean, if you get sleepy. Uh, I was, uh, uh, when I was in uh, public school and in um, the Marine Corps, they told us if you uh, get sleepy during class, go stand up against the wall. We won't ask anybody to do that here. So, uh, but hopefully I'll be able to move around enough, help you stay awake as we read through uh, God's Word. But the title of the message will be Defense of Sunday School. Defense of Sunday School. And we'll open up with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you that, um, I ask you, Lord, that uh, the words that come out of my mouth, please, Lord, let them be guided by your Holy Spirit. I ask to be nothing more than a conduit and a messenger. Uh, give me wisdom, Lord. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, Sunday school in our recent culture, and for some good reasons, has uh, fallen under attack. It's um, There are movements that want to do away with it entirely. They'll make uh, decent arguments, like uh, you don't find uh, Sunday school in the Bible, which is true. You don't. Uh, you, neither do you find the word Trinity, nor do you find the word rapture. But the principles that talk about those events, the rapture, you will find it. I mentioned a different sense. You'll find, for rapture, you'll find a calling away, a calling up, a meeting in the air. For Trinity, you'll find the word Godhead used instead of the word Trinity to mean three and one. Talks about throughout the Bible. So just because something is not mentioned in the Bible does not invalidate its use or render it useless or necessarily say it is a divisive man. Sunday school, by all the, my research, it was uh, started in England. Uh, I can't name for you the church, the name escapes me, and the gentleman who started it wasn't even a pastor, it was a businessman who saw the children that were working in the slums of the factories, staying in those slums, and he just, they were not able to go to school, they were not able to come to church, so what he set aside was a time for those individuals to come to church, and he set his business apart, a time for the children who, um, regardless of what you think of labor laws now, the standards weren't the same back then, um, where he would let the children who worked in his factory go to a Sunday school, go to a class to learn things about the Bible, because this man, he was a moralist. He understood that God's timeless principles, if they're applied, apply to everybody. That does not necessarily, that is not an excuse for salvation. When we preach the gospel and we preach the word of God, we point towards Christ. We point towards salvation. And we seek to help you uh, learn uh, from the word of God so that you're able to give an, uh, give an answer. If anyone that asks of the hope that lies within you, I may have butchered that verse there. However, in this, uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, that's the only place in the Bible you'll find childish mention, putting away childish things. So we see there, there's a distinction in the Bible between uh, children and between men, and the way they speak, the way they think, the way they can be taught. If you look at the temple and the tabernacle in Old Testament times, worship was very segregated. 
Uh, you had the Holy of Holies, where only the high priest could go into at a certain time, after he had followed very uh, strict uh, protocol, after he had followed various uh, numerous rules and procedures that were outlined in the Levitical law. You had a uh, court where only the, you could have, you had a place in the temple where only priests could go. There was a place only Levites could go. There was a place only men could go. Further out, there was a place only Jewish women and children could go. Even further out was where Gentiles could go, uh, proselytes or whichever you wish to call them. So we do see uh, segregated has a um, negative connotation in today's world. So I'll just use divided teaching throughout the Bible you see it happening. Some of the attacks that come against Sunday school through the um, uh, through family integrated church movement, they talk about how family is under attack and Sunday school is a means to attack it. That has happened. I will not deny that. There have been places where uh, Sunday schools and churches are not properly run. The man of God overseeing the church uh, rules over it like a dictator more than as a benevolent shepherd. That could not be further from what is happening here at Spooner Baptist Church. Uh, We do not have a dictator. We do not have leaders seeking to rule over. Uh, Myself, if you think that I am, um, or maybe a thought has entered your head that I'm just speaking as I'm a someday school superintendent and trying to guard my turf, I'm very humbled when I go to our men's Bible study and there are men there, and I'm humbled by their insight that even though I may hold a title, these men have been, some of these men have been serving God, married, for longer than I have been alive, twice as long as I've been alive. It's a very humbling. There is, this is not a dictator or an authoritarian church. That is not happening here. So many of the uh, statements against either a youth group or a Sunday school that are made fall on, to me, they fall on deaf ears. They don't apply. Because while they may fall, they may be honest in some churches, it's not honest here. Sunday school, we talk, we looked there in the Bible, it talks about thinking as a child, speaking as a child, understanding as a child. It talks about not being able. In, uh, in uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 2, Paul talks about having to feed them with milk. And the Christian life is not really... Sometimes I think we can overcomplicate it, we can make it more confusing than it has to be. But look at the Christian life, it is constantly compared to a child. Timothy is referred to by Paul as his son. He, uh, Paul was the one who was discipling Timothy. He viewed that relationship as a father-son type relationship. You see that throughout the Bible. You see that throughout the New Testament. We are called children of God. So if you take a look at a little baby, and maybe surprising more, I, uh, my new, our newest son, uh, Brenda and I, is um, he's two months old. Uh, he doesn't understand, maybe it's an extreme example, but he doesn't understand what, is ha- what would be happening if I brought him into this service here. He, none of this would make any sense to him. Just like if feeding him. If I were to take a bratwurst and I can uh, grind that up, puree that up as much as I want, if I tried to feed that to him, that's actually going to hurt him. He doesn't need meat. He needs milk. Just like newborn Christians and younger Christians, they need milk. 
think, what do, uh, what do babies need the most? What do babies need the most in the early part of their life? What do they need the most? I'll open this up like a Sunday school class. What do they need the most? Anybody? They need, yeah, they need milk. They need food. What else do they need? Yeah, they need sleep. They need rest. They can't handle a lot of pressure. They can't handle a lot of work. What else? Love. Yes. Love. Constant love. Constant attention. Constant caring. Just like um, new Christians may need to be smothered a little bit. They need to have much stricter boundaries than adults have. It's perfectly acceptable if I drive a car. Rick drives a car. Look out. I, that, that would be a little scary, all right? He has to have that boundary. There needs to be a boundary there, not only for his protection, but for the protection of everyone else. So youth need to have more boundaries. Um, and that's what oftentimes happens in Sunday school. They're taught different things. They're fed different foods. Uh, uh, adults can pretty much... Um, there are certain passages in the Bible, let's, uh, let's be honest, they're not very... Uh, they're not PG. Certain books of the Bible, even, are not exactly PG. And I know some of you are under the age of that, so I'm not going to tell you where those passages of the Bible are. Ask your mom and dad. They'll let you know. But... Those areas aren't discussed in Sunday school class. Those areas need to be taught. And if there is not a segregation of services within a church, part of Scripture is not going to be... pastor won't be able to teach on certain things that adults should be hearing. But if there are children in the room, he can't talk about it in a certain way. That's, that's just the fact of the matter. Childish, childish things. Babies, uh, new Christians, they need to be constantly fed. They need to be constantly told about how God loves them. God loves them. Think about the way you talk to a baby. Um, I, I don't make no beans about it. Little boy, Jonathan, pick him up. Hey, buddy, how you doing? I love you so much. Give me a smile. Come on, little guy. Stuff like that. Now, say if I did that too. Sorry to call you out here, Levi. That'd be a little weird, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would definitely would not be appropriate, okay? So it's different. There's a difference there. And there needs to be that separation. It's the same thing. Even Rick is getting away. Uh, he recently told my wife um, when she was asked him for hug and kiss night-night. He says, no kiss night-night. And just turned over and went to bed. And uh, my poor wife, she was, she'll deny this, but she was nearly in tears, came up to me. Rick just told me you didn't want to kiss me. Dad, babies. He's growing. Kids do that. There gets to be a point where you're able to start teaching more. When uh, Jonathan right now, he needs to know about, he needs to know that he's loved constantly, just like a new Christian, but a couple years into it, okay, there's also some expectations for you here. Just like, uh, just like with my, I'll use my son Rick. Example, two years old. You're old enough to learn how to clean up your toys. You're old enough to learn how to clean up your mess and to not make a mess in the first place. New Christians, okay, you need to discipline your walk with the Lord. You can't just be scattered shooting all over the Bible. You need to get it set down in a particular pattern. Here's what I need to study. Here's what I need to know for a certain point in my life. Here's what I need to go on to. That needs to happen with Christians just as it does with babies. And more and more responsibility as you enter whatever a family sets up. 
I believe it was at 16 years old was when I had to get a dad told me that I needed to uh, start finding uh, work, which I, okay, that was awesome. Sweet. I get to make money. This is great. Um, that, that wasn't a hard thing. It was awesome. So I don't, I'm not bitter about that. That was great. Um, same with Christians. At a certain point in time, you're going to need to start sharing your faith. You're going to need to start learning to take what you've learned in church and apply it and give it to someone else and help someone else. And Sunday school can be a great tool for that. Uh, on the side screen before the services, you'll see there, you can see the difference of the classes, even how the material is taught just in the slideshow that goes up. Uh, uh, pastor's uh, class is teaching on David right now. Very straightforward, very bold, bloggy, new type of letters. Uh, very down-to-business stuff. Uh, teens, we just finished up a, a topic on, um, you can call it dating, you can call it courtship, you can call it, um, what that series decided to call it was friendship. And keeping it at that. Relationships between boys and girls and the appropriateness thereof. Uh, there, that and what, what that lesson taught more than anything else was it constantly reinforced that children need to go back to their parents and talk about the different issues that are coming up in their lives. You get a question, we do a study material Wednesday night, Charity, about how often, is it almost every Wednesday night, you have to write down something that you're supposed to ask your parents and talk to them about? That's about every Wednesday night, and you have to write a letter to them? That's what it involves. That's what they need right now. Most of you that are in pastor's class, Lord willing, you're already married. You don't need to worry about the uh, appropriateness of certain relations because you got to focus on one relationship with your wife for those affections. Different time and place, different things. And another illustration, our uh, Sunday school uh, class competition, placing value on eternal principles and things that we emphasize attendance. That's discipline, faithfulness. Biblical principle there, Proverbs twenty five nineteen. Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Who has bit down on something and they've had a broken tooth? Uh, that was very dumb. I did that on a jawbreaker. I can still, kind of as I think about it, feel that. That's what unfaithfulness is like. What attendance does, and I don't care how, I mean, this talks about the childish thing. It would be very foolish in, in a children's, uh, in a Sunday school, that is able to be taught where we can give them rewards with points and they are incentivized to do things because, hey, we'll get to throw a pie in our teacher's face if we do enough of the right actions. Awesome. Adults, you don't get those kind of uh, perks in uh, Sunday school. You don't get that kind of motivation. You're different, right? Different things ought to motivate you. You should be self-disciplined. should know this by now. We also emphasize attentive- attentiveness. We ask them to take notes and they're rewarded for that. Um... Talks about in 2 Corinthians uh, 10, verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Memorization, spelled right out in uh, Psalms uh, 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I don't care how children learn these principles. I don't necessarily care if I have to stand on my head, if I have to give them candy, if I have to let them throw a pie in my face or throw me in a dunk tank, or if I have to... Uh, make a act goofy, kind of lose myself a little bit. 
and neither should anybody else that teaches Sunday school class. Because it's not about your goofiness. At the end of the day, it's not about the candy. It's not about the rewards. What it's about is about those timeless principles. Those memory verses that I learned from my own experience because I was offered a quarter by my cheapskate parents to memorize an entire chapter, um, I can still recite some of those chapters. That quarter has long been spent. That quarter didn't mean much. Those chapters are still in my head. And that's completely appropriate. It's fine. It's not appropriate for, and you will lose that, if we totally do away with Sunday school, if we undermine it. Sunday school exists to build up parents, to reinforce them, to reinforce what's being taught in the home. The child hears something in Sunday school class that mom and dad have been teaching them out of the Bible. It's just not, it's not mom and dad just being old-fashioned anymore as the world will tell them, oh, oh, someone else says the same thing and they show it from the same place in the Bible. Uh, is there something to this? That's a thought process that can take place. Rightly adorning the truth is another thing that Sunday school enables to do. It's not enough to merely present truth. We're commanded to rightly adorn it. It can't just be right. It has to look right as well. Um, Taught this constantly in the line of work I work in, which is truck driving. It is completely legal to have your license plate zip-tied to some part of your truck front and back. As long as you're not driving at night, because there needs to be a light on it. But... If the state trooper sees that, and it's between the guy and he's got a quota, they all do, have a quota of guys they need to inspect, not tickets they need to write, but guys they need to inspect. If they're going to looking for a guy to inspect, they're probably not going to inspect the truck that is cleanly washed. Everything is bolted in place where it looks to be. There's no wires loose or dragging down or anything like that. There's nothing about it. All the headlights are of equal brightness because they're fairly new. And the truck that has a bumper that's bent, which is legal as long as it's within parameters, the, the license plate is zip-tied on. There's a halogen light on one side and LED light on the other. So it doesn't really look right. State trooper's going to inspect that truck, and he's going to find something wrong with it. Faster than he'll inspect the truck there, everything looks right. That's the same way it is with the world. If everything looks decently and in order, like it's commanded to be, we'll avoid some scrutiny and we'll avoid some hindrances to God's Word. Rightly adorn. When you, make, when you present truth to children, when we're talking about uh, proper relationships like we did with dating, or courtship, or whichever you want to call it, or friendship, Uh, Just today, we talked about dress and communication and what dress says about you, how you dress. Uh, We talked about how this applies to Christians, this applies to everybody. If you dress sloppily, if you dress to the standard that our culture puts out for you, you won't be taken very seriously. If it comes down to between an individual who kind of walks around slumped over, I mean, you can't look too scruffy in a suit, I guess. Hair's messed up. Or, for a job, an individual 
It's put together, shoulders back, correct posture. That says a lot about you. If you naturally do that, you're probably an individual that has your heart right. I mean, you can fool people, but it's something that needs to be done. Those are the kind of things that can be taught in a Sunday school class that can't necessarily be hit. Sunday school also takes a burden off of the pastor. It enables him to focus more on adults, um, which is what the job of anybody who ministers in a church is, a deacon or anybody who does something like Sunday school teacher or, or thank Lord for the people who clean the place up. Pastor talked about this morning, there are places where he um, he's had to be the one that's done it all. Uh, it's, it's great, Pastor, when there's people that willingly step up and do those things, right? Uh, uh, ministry that I went into in college. Um, it, old building that had been built in 1892 and there were the pastor had to show up every Sunday to make sure everything nothing was leaking make sure the church hadn't been broke into and it was cleaned up it's a big help to him when there's finally a uh, he's now the young man is now a circuit rider out west this young man said hey pastor don't worry about it you got two kids just you can come in with them I'll show up and make sure the bathrooms are cleaned I'll show up and make sure nothing's been broken into, that the uh, curbs are all swept, the beer bottles that have been thrown out from the bar across the street are picked up out of the churchyard. It's a big help to him. And it's a big help where the pastor doesn't have to constantly be preaching on everything that adolescents are going through, how to sit up in church, how to pay attention, to uh, sit with your parents, to listen to them. The pastor doesn't have to try to hit all those in 52 Sundays a week. When his Sunday school teachers can focus on some of those things that children need and not adults. Because no adult likes to be told, likes to be preached about how they uh, need to pay attention and behave orderly in the house of God and they already know it, right? Makes you feel kind of childish. Right? I don't like to hear it. I know to sit up straight. I learned. Young people don't. They need to learn those types of things. And those are, so, those are what it's there for. And growth takes place in stages. We see that throughout the Bible. There's different qualifications. Everybody can come to Christ. But even Paul, who has sat at the feet of, I believe his name was Galmea, learning the law for years, and was one of the most esteemed students of his day, he had to go away and take a time out before he was able to serve God. He had to grow before he could serve, before he could serve Jesus Christ. It, it doesn't just happen overnight. You can't go from one to the next. And those are some of the things I speak in defense of Sunday school. I mean, it's something that weighs on me, not because it's in the Bible, because it, it has a lot of potential. It's, they say it's a program, but yeah, but if it's done right, the Word of God is, goes out, People are grown or edified in their spiritual walk in the areas they need to be. Yeah, it's good. It'd probably be a waste of time if a pastor had to teach 13 weeks on importance of guy-girl relationships. Probably be a waste of his time. Probably better things he could do. So it falls to Sunday school teachers to do things like that. Probably waste pastor's time if he had to preach on the Ten Commandments for Sunday school and try to get everybody to memorize them. Most, most of the adults probably already know it. 
It's not a waste of Mrs. Peterson's or my time. Teach the fundamentals of the faith that most everyone already knows. We're able to accomplish more. Hope you all don't get tired of military illustrations, but we are in a war. And within a military structure, there is rank. Privates need different things than sergeants, which need different things than lieutenants, which need different things than company officers, which need different things than general officers and field grade officers. So I ask you, I know it's under attack. Please consider it. It's someone has to feed milk. An adult, the last thing, an adult can't survive on just milk. There is a limit to how much growing you can do if a pastor has to feed everyone just milk. The pastor has to go down to the lowest denominator all the time. That will probably hinder a church's growth more than anything else. Milk's good for you. It's healthy. However, too much of it, it's not going to be able to sustain you. You need meat. But little ones can't handle meat. So it needs to be broken up. I won't have an invitation. I'll just close with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for